When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, theology, and I answered them as best I could from the stuff that was rattling around inside my head. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where I try to answer the questions of the day, and today we're uh, sharing another mini-sermon from this morning's morning prayer reading. The first word of this reading is whoredom, whoredom, which is its own verse in the text of Hosea and has a lot about Israel's relationship to God being one of unfaithfulness, both the men and the women. And so uh, it's a pretty stark reading, and I hope the sermon uh, gives you some encouragement for uh, living your life today. Because we uh, celebrated the Feast of Michael and and all the angels yesterday, and because Monday we didn't uh, have a public morning prayer, you might not be following the saga of Hosea and his wife, Gomer. Uh, As they say, Gomer was a roamer. Um, God tells Hosea to marry a woman who is uh, engaged in prostitution, and uh, he has several children with her, and each of the children... Um, are named a pro- or have prophetic names that God is um, the names that God is uh, giving to his own people in the story of Ho- uh, Hosea and Gomer. We think about life, the life of Hosea, and in his prophetic work, the life of the prophets was not easy, uh, especially when being asked to uh, to marry her and then to when she went back to uh, her infidelity and prostitution to, to then bring her back into her, his home. <clears throat> and so in the story of Hosea and Gomer, we see uh, the life that, or we see the relationship that God has with his people being played out in the life of Hosea and Gomer. And here, here towards the end, the comparison is being made in chapter 4, of how God feels about God's people Israel, not just the women in the land, but the men as well. Um, this comparison to prostitution and, you know, this word whoredom, and it's it's pretty pejorative, and we don't use these words uh, now to describe people um, around us. And yet this is the strong language of infidelity uh, that is being played out in the story. The, the worship of false idols made of wood and stone and worshiping in the groves and trees and on the hilltops is brought up all throughout the Old Testament to describe how uh, God's people stray from the covenant. Uh, There was never a golden age in the history of the world. We often look back to some time and say, I wish I could have been alive then, or I wish I could have lived then, or I wish wish things were like, like they now, like they were back then, or if only we could go back to the early church, you know, like in the book of Acts. Wouldn't that be exciting? And then you read about all the problems they had, and you're like, eh, I don't know. Or maybe we could go back to ancient Israel and be part of the covenant, worshiped in the temple. And, and you read all the stories of in the Bible, and you find that people had problems all the way back to Adam and Eve. They had problems too. The first child born into this world was a murderer of his own brother. And so... Uh, there was no golden age, and this covenant that God has with God's people 
is a marriage. It's a marriage covenant, and it's a marriage covenant that it, where one party is being unfaithful. Uh, so this language of faithfulness and, um, and judgment is always accompanied by this call to come home. And this is a story of Hosea, that no matter how far God's people go in their infidelity to the covenant, God is always there inviting them back in. Not always with uh, cheery language, but with sometimes with some pretty bold statements. One of the things that God tells Hosea to do after his wife's infidelity is to speak softly to her. Um, if you've ever been in a marriage argument or a relationship argument in your life, you know that speaking softly is really hard to do when there's been a rupture in the covenant. And yet God tells Hosea to speak softly to Gomer because God speaks softly to us. When we go astray like lost sheep, it is the love of God that compels us to come back. It is not the judgment of God or the judgment of our circumstances or the situation that we've got ourselves in. It's the love of God that compels us. And it's our love that compels people to come back into the covenants that we've made with them. It's our love that brings uh, reconciliation after rupture. It's not our harshness. The only power that Christians exert on the world is the power of love. We have no other power. All the things we do to try to get people to do what we want always fail. They always fall uh, apart. All of our plans to get the people that we want to sort of listen to us or hear us or be connected to us never really work. But the only thing that does work is the power of love because it has the ability not only to affect the other person, but it has the, the power to affect us. This is, the, this is what God has modeled in God's relationship with God's people, this power of love to speak softly and to listen. And this is the power that God exerts upon us um, when we all went astray. If you've ever gone astray in your life, um, you, you, you know that it, the voices that you listened to during those times or years or decades were the voices of love, not always the voices of judgment and hate. And so we live out, we are trying to be for the world uh, what God was for the world, a voice of love and reconciliation, even though this strong language is always there because of how hurt God is. If we think of, we don't think of God being hurt uh, very often in theology because God dwells in the high and holy place. And yet when you read the book of Hosea, you feel this, that God is hurt by this infidelity, not hurt in any way diminished in God's power and glory, but in the relationship with God and God's people, there is hurt there. And you can feel it in the strong language that God uses here in the book of Hosea. Amen.